be too strong out on compliments. Overdose on confidence. Started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Half the Distance of the Goal, presented by Now and Coastal Barbecue. I'm your host, Marcus Bullock, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Brett Galt, helping me bring in Week 13 locks. Man, we're at a rivalry week. We are at the last week of the season for championship week. It's crazy. The season has flown by. It's gone by way too quick. I mean, it seems like just like a couple of weeks ago, we were kicking off week zero, not a big slate, and was really looking forward to week one. And, hey, here we are. Um, I, I hate to see another one, like, come and go, but, you know, more so glad that it happened. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a fun season. Definitely has been a fun season. So, I mean, there's been some good weekends. Really, Maybe not picks-wise for us, but there's definitely been some good college football weekends. Yeah, picks have been um, not, I wouldn't say shaky this year, but maybe a little inconsistent. Not as great as like we hoped. I think we would definitely both want to flip our record, but even then, neither of neither of us are doing like too terribly. So let's go ahead and recap week twelve before we jump into week thirteen and we get into the Thanksgiving traditions and everything that we're looking forward to, um, other than spending time with friends and family. So leader in the clubhouse last week, Chris Collins came on, got it done. That's two appearances this year, two positive weeks for him. He was three and two. Uh, his three wins, Georgia Tech, plus 21 and a half, got it done. Field in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Love to see it. Wake Forest covering nine and a hook up there in the dome. And then LSU, I tried to talk him off of it, but he stayed strong just like he should have. And he laid the 14 and a half with LSU over UAB. And then his two losses, Liberty laying 10, Virginia Tech got it done on the field. Love to see it, but did not like it for the locks. And then TCU, what a wild game. They didn't cover two and a half, but damn, that was entertainment. It was a great game. Fantastic game. Somehow, some somehow, some way, they've been able to pull out all these games this year. But I think the to have the balls to run it on that third down or whatever and be able to get your field goal unit out there like they did was I thought it was flawless, honestly. It was it was very impressive. Like Max Duggan looked really good. Like you can yeah. tell the last couple of drives after he had got beat up a lot of the game. I know you saw like his el- like his elbow yeah. bleeding, like arm from the back end, but he really just had like nerves of steel, sunny dice, yep. obviously cool as a cucumber. And I mean, <laughs> the interview was like, Yeah, we practiced that. <laughs> yeah. I mean they did to perfect and and Duggan didn't have uh Quentin Johnson, the best wide receiver out there for most of that second half. So He's still been dealing with that injury. So credit to them. Yeah, no, it was a great game. And uh, good job, Chris. Thank you for getting us over the – or thank you for getting over the hump. Three and two week, bringing the guests to 31 and 36 overall for the season. Next up was, um, I will say myself, since I had one more win, uh, two and four. Oh, man, Notre Dame covered 20 and a half against BC. That was never really competitive. Uh, very good call there. And then Auburn and Western Kentucky in the second half. First half was a little tight, although I was never afraid that Auburn wouldn't cover or I wouldn't say like lose the game. They were yeah. always up by at least like I'd say like three to seven or three to ten points consistently. And then the, the SEC talent just showed in the second half. So Auburn got it done for me. And then four losses. I need to read you. Liberty laying 10 already discussed. Ohio State laying 27 and a hook. Dude, I I don't know when they're like a, like gonna be consistently going. Maybe it's this week against Michigan. Yeah, we'll see. This this weekend is the weekend. Maybe not. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be one show. And then Tennessee, 
Oh, they did not just not cover anyone in a hook. They lost to Mr. Albino Spencer Rattler in the South Carolina Gamecocks. I will come back to that game. And then we talked about TCU. They did not cover two in a hook. I'm 99.9% sure Shane Beamer said, hey, Dad, I really need this one. Can I, you and Bud just, like, talk on the phone and draw us up a game plan on how we can stop Tennessee? Like, I am very convinced that was a Bud Foster, like, I mean, game plan. It wasn't even, like, yeah, they played defensively. They played well. But Spencer Rattler played out his freaking mind. I mean, Spencer Rattler had, what was it, eight, eight touchdowns to, what, 11 interceptions or something like that going into that game. Yep. He, I mean, he played out of his mind. That was the Spencer Rattler in his first year at Oklahoma. I mean, he was just so crisp. And then, I mean, Tennessee, that, I mean, that was, uh, that was, that was a, that was a blowout. Or, or, uh, let's hope for Hennon Hooker for a speedy recovery because, I mean, that game was out of question. Even when he was in there, it was over. But to Terry ACL, Especially all he's been through, you hate to see that. So, yeah, definitely, definitely hate to see that. I know Trevor. Trevor, I mean Trevor, this whole season has been, he's been all over it. And then to just have Tennessee kind of be Tennessee again, I mean that that had to be tough because he was pretty confident going into that game. Yeah, he just like a couple of us and. Spoiler alert, there's a play surrounding one of those two teams um, this week on the show for 910 Coastal Barbecue. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it does – I mean, being a Hokies fan, like I've been with Hendon like since the beginning. Yeah. Like, loved him as a talent, just like a like overall good guy. And he deserved to leave Virginia Tech. He didn't need to stay there for this, although I think our team would have been, you know, a lot better like with him like quarterbacking it. But, I mean, he didn't need to stick around for anything. Left for uh, Justin Fuente after he got screwed over several times in a row. And, like, he he didn't know anything to Brent Price. So, you know, I, I do hate to see him go down and wish him for a speedy recovery. And hopefully somebody in the NFL um, gives him a stab. Because he – and obviously, like, it's a couple more factors that go into there. But without Hendon Hooker, I don't, I, I don't think that Tennessee football program is revived. And they don't have that year not without him. Yeah, oh, 100% now. I mean, I don't. I think Milton's solid, but he's in the hooker. Was the the man leading that team? There's no doubt about that. Yeah, Milton, dude, he's like, he's just very. He's got a, He's got the he crazy arm, dude. His he throw. Dude, he reminds me of Cam Newton. Like he just yeah. throws it so hard. Yeah, it's like, dude, you got to take a little off sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. good God. Yeah, I mean, his his accuracy is definitely not that good. So. I don't know. I might have a play here a little later for that one as well. So nice. Looking forward to it. And after seeing a Tennessee defense, you know, that like worked LSU and yeah, we, looking we, a little bit more improved there. Uh, South Carolina went touchdown, 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 punt, touchdown, touchdown. Like it, it was I, I think, I think we knew, I think we knew the Tennessee defense wasn't that great in that. I mean, they were going to have to outscore opponents, but also you didn't expect. South Carolina to be the one they were going to have to do that against, especially a South Carolina team that was not playing well offensively the last few weeks. So very interesting. But um, that loss opens up for other teams now because, I mean, a lot of people thought Tennessee wins out and they're definitely in the playoffs. And so now things got a little bit more interesting. 
Yep, I agree. Um, so two and four a week leaves me at 47 and 52 overall for the season. I have I'm down five, but I have five good ones this week and plan on going five and oh and climbing back to positive. Next up, Brett, uh, one and three, one win, Kansas State laying seven and a hook against the Mountain. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. They looked really good against the Mountaineers. I'm not gonna lie. They looked pretty oh, good. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, we just uh, it's it's time. I'm hoping we get drubbed this weekend, and then it's time for Neil. It, it's bye-bye. Yeah. Um, oh, so my, is my under five-and-a-half lock now? Yeah. It's, it's oh, yeah. 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 I, need, I need to go ahead and update that. Oh, I need to look. West Virginia, who do you have this week? Oklahoma State? Oh, absolutely. Eight-and-a-half, I think I saw that. Yeah, eight-and-a-half. <laughs> I mean, it's an Oklahoma State team that's not playing well right now either, but – we also never travel well there. You also travel well a lot of places. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we, really, we really don't play good ball anywhere except for Holman. Even sometime then, it's a little, little iffy. So, and uh, three losses: Liberty Lane Ten already discussed. TCU not getting it done, and then Ole Miss didn't cover two and a half. But Arkansas, good God! I mean that that game was. It was not even close. No, it was. It was at one point. It was what forty-two to six, seven, or something like that. Yeah, it, it was bad. And then they kind of they had some late garbage touchdowns to kind of make it a little more respectable. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. You think? Uh, you think Lane Kiffin to Auburn? You think? You yeah. think that's happening? Yes. Yeah. So it's it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that unfolds because there's a lot of back and forth with that going on right now. And lastly, the power par- or the power parlay that missed, but never no, <laughs> that it did not win a game, unfortunately. But no, 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 close barbecue. Uh, Florida playing 14 and a half. Sorry, Joel. Bandy on the field. Yeah. Florida's. Mm. I, I think we knew Florida's a little suspect. And I think, I think Joel's a little down. I mean, imagine Joel after the week one went against the top seven. Utah or top team. ten, I guess Utah team, and he was like, he's probably on a cloud nine at that point, and now it's just oof, oof. Spoiler alert, no. And in in the yeah, uh, the the fade Gary too. Hawaii won the game outright. Yeah, Hawaii. I, I definitely didn't stay up and watch it, but I woke up Sunday morning and saw like Hawaii got it done. So it was um, I'd say not a weird week. This, this is kind of the point in the season to where like. Some teams have a little bit more left in the tank than you think, and some teams, like, just have one more hoorah. And, you know, week 13, rivalry week, brings the best out of everybody. So we're we're going to see, you know, so, some good stuff. Um, start on Thursday night with the Egg Bowl. You got – um, is it – it's in – it's in the it's in Ole Miss. It's at Ole Miss, I believe. So Mississippi State traveling to Oxford. You have any play there um, to get us kicked off on Thanksgiving? No, I don't. I'm kind of staying away from that one. Um, I think there's a lot of. I don't. I think maybe partially Lane Kiffin's got his foot kind of already out of the door right now. So I just don't like a play there. Yeah, I don't either. I think there's a lot of emotions. I if I had to take a pick, I'd take Mississippi State. I think there's a less distractions in that program. And I mean, Mike Leach is still delivering grade A like post game interviews. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talking yeah. about the this, this stuffing and how he don't do a lot of cooking. For those of you who haven't seen his um, 
post-game interview um, last week. Please go look that up. That, that's a really good one. That's a gem. All right, so that takes care of Thursday. So um, let's go ahead and talk about, like, what we have coming up, like, this holiday weekend, like, like personally. So, Brett, where are you going? Like, whose house to eat at? Like, girlfriend traveling with you, the dog traveling with you? Like, lay it out for us. So I'm just going to um, just going to my parents. Um, we we Mia Mia's definitely coming, and actually, uh, Nick is going to his girlfriend's place, his girlfriend's parents' place in Charlotte. So um, I'm taking I'm taking Kyle with me too. So I'm taking both pups just 30 minutes down the road to my parents, and we're just gonna just eat a little bit. Um, my dad and my brother will be there, so just hanging out with the family kind of thing. Nothing too big. Most most of my family lives in Florida. So like all my grandparents, cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody lives in Florida. So they usually get together. But when I was younger, we used to travel down there. But it's really just not worth it at this point anymore. What about you? Um, so tomorrow, probably gonna wake up and go on a duck hunt with a couple of buddies. And I guess when I get home after that, probably just catching up on, on the lack of sleep that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be getting um in the early morning and tack that on to the afternoon before the food's ready and I guess watch some NFL. I don't think that the games are going to be that great. Um, I was discussing with somebody. I said Christmas Day NBA is way better than NFL and Thanksgiving. At least the NBA usually gives us, like, pretty good matchups or, yeah. like, stars that we actually want to see. Dude, I would give anything to not watch Detroit or Dallas on Thanksgiving. Detroit's it's so cool. Detroit's playing better ball right now, though. I mean, Dan Campbell. They're still the Lions, though. I mean, I know, but at least, I mean, they're always playing on the Thanksgiving, too. So, you know, I mean, that's like a Thanksgiving tradition for some reason. I don't really know why, but they always play on Thanksgiving. But, yeah, I mean, I'll usually watch the football. There's, I don't know, you're probably not a big soccer guy, but I'm, I'm into the World Cup as well. So, I know there's a couple games tomorrow for that as well. So Yeah, I, I did watch the U.S. game. Um, dude. There should not be ties in soccer. That is so stupid. Like, it really reminds me of how, like, bad soccer is and how, like, <laughs> terrible. I mean, I'm not saying the World Cup is terrible because, obviously, soccer is the most popular sport in the world, but they should not let anything in in a tie in the World Cup. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it, once it gets out of the group stage, then – but right now, if you tie, it's all about goal differential at this point. So, that's why you got to score the most goals, but – yeah, England's off to a great start in our pool. Oh, I know. I think England you can already mark in. And I think I think we need to tie England on Friday to really have a chance because we should have had three points against Wales. I mean, if you get three points there, then then I think you're in a good position. But to tie them now, it comes down to it could come down to goal differential if both of us lose to England and then both of us beat Iran. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty big. I don't watch a ton of soccer other than the World Cup, to be honest. So when it comes to Iran, do you think? I mean, uh, I mean, I don't think and this is from a guy who's never played like organized soccer in his life outside of gym class, and I've, I've never even really played FIFA. But just from watching it, I don't think the U.S. team is capable of scoring six goals against Iran to like make that deficit zero. No, I, I thought our first. I thought our first half against Wales was actually really great playing, but then the second half we just didn't play well. I mean, it, it really has to come down to is well because two two teams from each group get in, so okay, we so we don't have to like I I'd say England's already in, so it'd probably be between either us or Wales. So that's kind of why the England game is important, and then that rain game is important as well. So. 
could be interesting. We'll see. Friday will be interesting. I'm not really expecting a win, but hopefully you just keep it kind of close, you know. Is this U.S. team trash? This U.S. team is young. I mean, they're really young. I mean, they got a ton of young people on it. I, I think that's really what it comes down to. I think they're skilled. They're probably one of the most skilled U.S. teams we've had. And I mean, last World Cup, we didn't make it. So eight years ago. I mean, since I've been watching, it's probably the most skilled group of young people we've had. But they're just young. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, there's no more um, like Landon Donovan and oh. Tim Howard. It was Tim Howard. Is he the goalie? Yeah, like eight years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like ago. you remember? I remember those guys. But yeah, I mean, it does seem like it's been a long time. And dude, the, I mean, we'll never be like we'll never be a powerhouse in soccer in the men's. I mean, like women's, yes, but like men's, we'll not with countries like Brazil and all of them that like literally just bring it up from. When you're like walk, you know. Yeah, no, that's obviously fair. I mean, to like temper expectations a little bit. Although the U.S. when it comes to international competition, typically dominates or is very competitive and just about yeah. like every other sport. Yeah, soccer. Yeah, may need Soccer's to lower awesome. expectations. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. Well, if we could get a tie on Friday, that'd be a huge win. And uh, Friday, while soccer's going on, or I don't know what time the game is, but NC State's taking on Chapel Hill. And um, me and my friend group, we always do the annual, like, NC State Chapel Hill tailgate, no matter where it's at. So it was at Cardiff-Finley last year, and we hosted at our parting spot. And this year we're traveling to Cheese and Wine Country um, to to see that comforting-ass baby blue um, plastered all over the place. And um, I – I think if MJ Morris plays, NC State can give Chapel Hill a competitive game. But like I said last week, like you cannot win every single coin toss game. When you have so many games within one possession, whether it be a touchdown or a field goal, you just can't win them all. And I think – I mean, it's a testament to Chapel Hill. You've won five out of six of your coin flip games, and I think that shows that you're a lot better than what you actually are. But I would love to see nothing more than NC State just embarrass Chapel Hill at home on their senior day and expose them for what they really are. Yeah, I think it's going to be – I mean, I think it's going to be a competitive game. Um, it's going to be inter- – I mean, Chapel Hill after coming to the loss, it's going to be – it's going to be interesting how they respond. I mean, especially – I mean, especially when they had – like, Josh Downs, he had that, and he was in. So, I don't know. I, I think it will be a competitive game. Most of these games are when it comes to this kind of rivalry. So, I guess we'll see. Yeah, like I said, you can throw the records out. So um, let's go ahead and jump into uh, week 13, rivalry week. Um, I'll go first since I have the nod and the honors on the tee box. We're going to start in the Big 12 um, in your country, Brett. Uh, Baylor in Texas. Baylor is an eight-and-a-half-point dog to Texas. Texas is at home on senior day. Something that got my eye was the total. Looking at – 55 and a half for where I can get it at the lowest. I do like the over here um, for a game that TCU can typically score in the high 20s, like low 30s. Or, sorry, Baylor. I mean, Baylor lets up a decent amount of points. Yeah, like we saw Kansas State put up 31. TCU, like, had a pretty good show and come back on them. Like, everyone seems to score in the 30s or like, or like high 20s on them. And then Texas, I think Texas is a head case when it comes to defense sometimes, but I do think that they are talented enough to put up a lot of points. And for a Big 12 over in the mid-50s, I feel pretty confident uh, taking this over. I can see this game being like 
24, 35, you know, something yeah. like that, if not higher. Because, we, you, I mean, in the Big 12, you never know when, like, defense is going to well, show. That's what I'm saying. I mean, these are these are two teams that are just – you don't know what you're going to get from them on a – I mean, like, the week before – like, a week ago or whatever, Baylor lost 34-3 against Kansas State. Yep. Or 31-3. And then they go toe-to-toe with the number four team last week at home. So – I don't know. Both of these teams are just inconsistent. So I think I think it could either be a shootout, like you said, or it could be just a low-scoring defensive battle. Yeah, it's either going to be under thirty or over, yeah. like over this fifty-five mark. Yeah, so I, I think. Uh, yeah, I think they play this game seven times out of ten, eight times out of ten. The overall hit here, yeah, you know, getting a lot of a lot of good value. So I will take Baylor, Texas over fifty-five and a hook. Right. Um, I'll go ahead and go ahead and mark me down. I think you know where I'm going. Fading West Virginia, traveling to Stillwater, eight and a half point dog. This is last game of the Neil Brown era. Once we get our new AD in here, I think we're gonna fire him, and then the search will be on. So I, I think it's easy. So go ahead and give me the eight and a half, please. Are you are you excited that this is the last game of the Neil Brown era? I think it's it's weird because I think the thing is is like you're gonna be starting all over again. Like we'll lose everybody in the to the transfer portal. But I think then again, even if you kept them just as bad as the team's been, you're probably gonna lose everybody in the transfer portal anyway. So I think you're start restarting no matter what next year. So I don't I really don't think it matters. The the, the bad thing is is Either the first or second game of the year, we have to travel to Happy Valley. We play yeah. Penn State next year, so. But yeah, so I guess I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, um, I wish you, I wish you nothing but the best in your future endeavors. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> In a lifetime of Mountaineer happiness. And I'll go to the American Conference. Looks like one of these teams is playing pretty well and you know in the Tulane Green Wave and Cincinnati obviously hasn't had the year that they have after appearing in the college football playoff and trying to give Alabama all they can handle. They've definitely come back down to earth this year on without Ritter and Sauce Gardner yeah. and a whole bunch of talent that was on that Cincinnati team, like senior wise. So um Cincinnati opened up as a three and a half point favorite. That's now down to one, but something I like here a little more. I'm going a little over under heavy this week. I like the over. I like the yeah. over 46 and a half for the Tulane Green Wave that can like throw up, you know, high, like mid 30s, high 20s consistently. And Cincinnati's brought their fastball like a couple of times this year, like throwing up in the high 30s, like per se, but typically like consistently in the mid 20s. I see this game playing like honestly more like the Baylor Texas game, uh, more like in the mid 50s. So if I can get over 46 and a hook, I'll take that all day. I may be sweating this for a late um a late cover back door, depending on what the weather looks like yeah. um, up north in Cincinnati. But I see two teams that consistently like put up in the mid to high 20s, low 30s. And um I think I, I'm getting a little bit of value here. So give me the over 46 and a half for Tulane Cincy. Yeah, I don't hate that pick. That's kind of that's kind of low total right there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'd see definitely like a 30, 25 kind of game or something like that. So, 
Well, let's hope for it. I kind of like that pick. Um, all right, another one. Um, TCU ten ten point favorite against Iowa State. I I just I know TCU's been scraping by this whole year, but this is this is not a great Iowa State team. They got a decent defense, but their offense is just not that great. I kind of like them to cover this cover the spot and get comfortably into the uh for the Big Twelve championship next week. So I like Iowa State to cover the ten here, and they're at home. I would also be on the Iowa State covering 10. I think TCU may just want to get in and out. And yep. if they allow a backdoor, so be it. Iowa State can hang a little tough, like as we've seen as of late. What's, like, what did they – Iowa State, yeah, 14 to 10, 14 to 20. Like, they've been kind of like duking it out, like trying to hang in there the last couple of games. So, I don't think there's a lot of quit factor there, which definitely um, plays on your side. And I would definitely lean TCU not cover here. Although, oh, wait, I, I put TCU to cover. Oh, uh, you want TCU to cover? Yeah, I, I like TCU to cover the minus 10 here, I think. Oh, apologies. Well, I uh, take back everything I said. I, I kind of like <laughs> Iowa State in the spot. I, I, I don't know. I, Iowa State's just – the offensively, they're just not great in my opinion. So, I, I think – I think TCU wants to make a statement, you know. I, I think they need to make a statement. I, I think even if they win out, they're firmly in, but I think this is a good statement game right here too. Do you think that Iowa State can draw up the Baylor game plan decently enough to at least start TCU out slow and then kind of make them? Uh, not, I don't know. Would it, Iowa State just doesn't have great offense, so I don't. I think this will be the worst offense they face all year at TCU. That's fair. I, I mean, I guess West Virginia is pretty bad. Yeah. So the last couple games, Iowa State, well, we know TCU had a look down year last year 48 14, 2020 was 37 34, 49 24. Iowa State's won three games in this series in a row. Yeah. I mean, Iowa State's usually in the past. I mean, when they had Purdy there, Matt Campbell really rest, messed up. He, he was really, I mean, a lot of teams wanted him, and he just – I don't know why he didn't leave. He should have left when he was on top. Yeah, absolutely. Because now you're just – you're not that great right now. So, I don't know. All right. Well, good luck there. I'm going to go ahead and break out into my first line pick. Fade Florida. <laughs> the Lay it. Florida State Seminoles – at home in Tallahassee, senior day. Florida yeah. State is a good football team. Like, they've been fantastic they this year and kind of flying under the radar, like fantastic, good football team. If they beat NC State, I think they're ranked a little bit higher, maybe a lot a bit higher. And, and they should have beat NC State too, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they definitely should have. I mean, yeah, th this one I was considering. It's just – it's a rivalry game. I just don't know what's going to happen. Crazy things happen in a rivalry game, so I was staying away from this. But if I was to take it, I would 100% take the Knowles here. Anthony, yeah, Anthony Richardson just proves to me over and over that he cannot throw the football well. And yeah. Florida State's been stingy on defense this year. Um, I mean, the whole offense is just clicking well. 57-and-a-half for the over-under – um, I don't like that, but I like Florida State to dominate this game from, you know, snap till final whistle. I think yeah. Florida has a lot of quit factor right now. It takes a, it takes a toll lot of a man losing to Vandy. 
yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think I think it's a good play. What's the first half? Five and a hook. First quarter's three. Mm. I kind of like that first quarter. I can see this game starting out like 10 to three, something like that in the first quarter, but I'll play the whole game. I mean, no matter whatever the whole game, I definitely think Florida State's going to dominate. So give me the Knowles and Mike Norville laying nine and a hook. I like it. All right. My next one um, at Fade A&M. All right. Texas A&M is a bad football team. This spread is a little higher than I wanted. LSU is a 10-point favorite. But this this Texas A&M team, I think they're just giving up. I think they're done. Their offense is awful. I mean, just give me the 10 right here. I, I think this is – even though LSU is – I mean, I, I think LSU knows what's at stake right here, and I think they're going to try to make a statement here. The college football playoff committee loves them. I mean yeah, – they do. So if they continue to play well, I think they're going to continue to be rewarded. So I just – I like LSU to just kind of hammer it right here. I love it. Not playing it. But Texas A&M couldn't cover against UMass. No. No, they couldn't even score the cover against UMass. I mean, they didn't even score 33 points or whatever. They scored 20. And that's a bad UMass team, too. Yeah, it was – It was. I was piss poor. At Texas A&M, they – you just talk about expectations this season. They were top five team coming to the year. Yeah. They're, I, I mean, think they're the highest ranked team to not go bowling in like at several, several years. And I'm talking like maybe like 20 or 30 years. I mean, it, it's time for Jimbo to get off to give up the play calling. That, that's been the main thing that people have been saying for weeks now. Like, you got to give up the play calling because the offense is awful. So, mm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm there with you, like in spirit. I, yeah. I kind of want to pencil in LSU. I'm not going to do it, but I definitely think they cover ten. Texas A&M may not score ten points. Yeah, I, they might not. It's kind of in the story of their year. The spread. What's the spread? They can't score it. <laughs> so pretty you much, go, you go the opposite direction. All right, so this game, I've been waiting to fade this team for a long time, and I think it's time to do it. Um, we are going to College Park, the Shiano Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. They're going to play uh, Mike Loxley and the Maryland Terrapins. I am going to lay 14 points with Maryland because I think Loxley is a much better coach than Chiano. I think that he has a lot more talent, like soup to nuts. I was looking at Rutgers last couple games, and again, they've been on my radar to fade. Um, murdered by Penn State. They played Michigan State well, but Michigan State's not good. Murdered by Michigan. Murdered by Minnesota. I mean, Indiana, Nebraska. They can play the bad teams good, but when there's a like middle to like upper tier team, and we saw Maryland play tough against Ohio State, as well, we like, did. I, I did. Yeah. I did like that showing last week. Although forty-three to thirty, that doesn't show how close that game no. actually was at times. So I yeah. really like Maryland in the spot. You know, redemption, bounce back week. I think a lot of seniors are going to play. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if their whole roster played against Rutgers. I think they're going to get up early and they're going to get the backups in, and like they're going to be playing proud enough. To, to hold Rutgers and not let a backdoor cover it. I feel really, really confident laying uh, two touchdowns in the spot with Maryland. 
Yeah, I, I don't hate that play. I mean, I, I was impressed what I saw by Maryland last week. I mean, like you said, the score didn't really reflect of how the game went. They got Ohio State got a late uh, fumble, strip sack, touchdown that with like nine seconds left that really made that score kind of bigger than it was. But yeah, I was impressed with they with them last week. So I, I think you're I think you're in the good here. Love it. All right, this one. This one's a little gutsy, but this is a Vanderbilt team that's playing good ball right now. Uh-oh. They're, uh, they're a 14-point dog at home against Tennessee. Tennessee, I think, probably – I mean, they lost their college football hopes. They lost their quarterback this past – last weekend. They're probably a little down in the dumps right now. This is a Vanderbilt team that has beat Florida and beat Kentucky in back-to-back weeks. So I I like Vanderbilt here to cover. I, I really do. I I like them. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win this one out outright. I mean, I just think there's a Tennessee it'll be interesting to see how Tennessee responds, you know? I think that's the main thing. So something's going on with that volunteer program and not just with Hendon Hooker getting hurt, but Trevor gave me some insight. Tennessee's best defensive player didn't travel with them to South Carolina, apparently. And it's because he tried to fight Hendon Hooker, like in practice or like in the locker room that week. Um, kind of just seems like Tennessee's imploding. Yeah. I'm, they, not on it, I'm not on it with you, but did Vandy, I could see them giving them a scare. The only thing that gives me a little cause for concern is like Trevor says every season, whenever Tennessee goes to Vanderbilt, it's just another home game for Tennessee. Which is true. I mean, that 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 is true. Yeah. I mean, because – but, I mean, I still expect their fans to travel, but maybe the fans are a little in the dumps right now too, you know? So, I, I think you really had it all on the line. You just thought that, you know, you went out and you're going to the college football playoff, but now you lose. You lose bad, and now you lost your starting quarterback. So, I just think – I'm interested to see how they respond. So, I mean, I'm not to say they're not going to win, but if if I could get a late backdoor and they'll win by like seven to ten points, I would take that in a heartbeat. I could see a backdoor happening here potentially. The only thing that scares me, we just know how explosive Tennessee is. Like, yeah, you'd Hyatt Tillman, they they can score, you know, in their sleep. On but can, can Milton accurately pass it to them? That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, his accuracy is still up in the air. Um, I, so, I really don't. We know he's got really the arm. Yeah, yeah, we, we know he has the arm, but and we know their defense is not that great either. So, and Vanderbilt's been scoring. So, I mean, it, I could listen. They could blow him out. It could happen, but I'm taking a taking a shot on him just because of the circumstances here. I like it. I really do. I mean, you, you're not talking me into it, but I can see it happening. And again, college football's ignorant, stupid. It shenanigans. is. Like Vandy, Vandy could win this game and just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they won outright. And I also wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee crushed them. So I could see it going either way, to be honest. Yeah, that's what week 13 is about. <laughs> like yeah. the wild circumstances. And I will round out my card by taking one more total play. Um, we got Memphis traveling to SMU. Uh, the line here is a four and a half uh, point lean to SMU um, for Vegas. But I am playing the total. 
This opened up at 72, um, 72 and a half most places. And I had it written down as the under and it's dropped significantly. So I want the 69, looks like the most, I can get 69 and a half several places. So yeah, I can get 69 and a half under. The reason being both teams can score. Yeah. But for when I was looking back at the history of this game, it typically plays like in the in the 50s. You no, know, in the mid 50s, like high 50s. It doesn't break into the 60s like too, too often. So I kind of like where like these teams kind of fill each other out like every single year. There's a little bit of defense played. And although we've seen Memphis throw up a, a 59 burger and we know SMU threw up like almost a million against um, Houston the other week. Yeah. I don't really think the scoring is sustainable in – I mean, history just shows these two teams typically play in the 50s or the high 60s. So 59 and a half under. Yeah, I, I like to play. I mean, that's a big line right there. Yeah, it's one of the bigger ones this week, and I, I just kind of have under feels here. <sighs> I play this last one or not? This is a ballsy one. I had I want to take Notre Dame cover five and a half against USC. This is a game I've been back and forth on. I listen. I, I like what USC's doing. I like Caleb Williams. I think he's a stud, but their defense sucks too. I mean, their defense is awful. Yes. Notre Dame's been playing good ball. I mean, let's be honest with her. I know you hate to hear that because the Notre Dame. But they they've been playing good ball. I mean, they've had some weird losses to Stanford and Marshall, mm-hmm. but ever since then they've been playing good ball. So what's the what's the over under on this? Sixty four and a half or sixty four. You can get either. Because Caleb's or because uh, their defense is terrible. USC. I I'm, I'm staying away. I was but... still very nervous. You taking a Notre Dame over. Yeah, no, if I if I was to take something, I would take the Notre Dame plus the five and a half. Because I, I could see Notre Dame winning this game. Absolutely. Really yes, like this is a week. I feel like two teams in the college football playoff, like discussion, and you yep. can take that top 12 and down. I mean, like the range of your number are going to be upset. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I think so, because I think the way this is set up right now, the um, I could see USC winning out and getting in. I, I think it's I think that's how it's kind of lining up because Ohio State and Michigan, one of those one of those teams is gonna lose this weekend, right? So that, that's gonna knock one of them out. Um, so I think USC wins out, they're in, and I mean they're coming off an emotional win against the rival UCLA, which was a great game, by the way. Yeah, awesome game. So exception I, that they I, it. Yeah, I can see them laying an egg right here. But I'm going to stay away, but I would not be surprised if Notre Dame won this game right here. You sure you don't stay away? I, I am. Yeah, I'm going to be upset if they if they end up winning, but I just I can't get myself to, to pick it. I think Notre Dame money line is well in play here, and oh, that's coming for me. All right, we'll, we'll keep it off the card, and let's go to Nominal Coastal Barbecue, the pipe and hot pick of the week. And before we get there, Shout out to 910 Coastal Barbecue for catering the NC State Travel Hill tailgate this week. 
we are having a version of smoked chili along with um a pulled pork sampler. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Uh, the sweet the sweet Hawaiian rolls have the that the pulled pork's gonna be going on, and it's gonna be nice and chilly. Maybe a little rainy in Chapel Hill, so I have to get some yeah. chili to warm us up along with some nice cold bush lattes. Shout out now when old Coastal Barbecue stays smoking. But the pipe and hot pick of the week, Clemson laying fourteen and a hook. Kind of told you there was some revenge coming here, verbatim. South Carolina blew their load last week. Yeah. Hammer Clemson. And Clemson needs style points, too. Clemson's not out of the discussion. Which is disgusting because Clemson is not that good. They Clemson is an average football team. Let's, let's be completely honest. I think that was another good thing that I enjoyed watching Carolina lose because it takes away a better win for Clemson, you know? Yeah, it does, for sure. So I think that's the best part because – I just I think Clemson is an average team. I, I really don't think they're that good. Yeah, Clemson's won the last seven in this series, and it's typically been a blowout: thirty to zero, thirty-eight to three, fifty-six thirty-five, thirty-four ten, fifty-six seven. Like if Spencer, if Spencer Rattler can play as well as he did last week, though, they have a chance. But I just don't see him. I mean, this is this game is away too, so I I don't see him being able to do that. But if he does, then I tell you what, Dude, I I believe that Spencer Rattler cheated us in his college career. Cocky Spencer Rattler doing what he did last week every week would have been awesome. He is so oh, yeah. cocky. Oh <laughs> yeah, like he was counting them on his fingers, one, two, three, like counting them up. I mean, he had a reason to be cocky last week though, because I mean, he was hitting every single throw there was. I mean, he'll never have an he'll never have another game like that in his life. No, no, absolutely not. Not even in the Canadian Football League, he won't. No. Because he's not NFL bound. No, he's not. I got mm, I'd I'd lean Clemson laying 14 and a half. I think it's dangerous though, because I, I don't think Clemson's that great. I really don't. And I think if South Carolina is moving the ball like they did last week, I think they're gonna be able to score on Clemson. But Clemson obviously will score on them too. So I mean, it could be an interesting game, but I I would stay away. Frank Beamer and Bud Foster said, "Look, Shane, we'll draw you up one game plan, not two. I mean, maybe they'll draw him up. I mean, what he's done there so far has been pretty impressive. I'll I'll give him that. Yeah, it's it's, it's been fun to watch. Hopefully, he comes home to Blacksburg um, after Brent Pride. His, um, his teacher fired. And I, I'm not. I'm not wishing bad things on Brent Pry. He's actually like a very nice guy. I think he's going to get the program back in decent shape. But hopefully, he's there for the taking, and then Shane can just like give it, give it a little, yeah, bit. ignite it a little bit. Yeah. Um. Before we go to the power parlay, and we all like throw a pick in the hat. Let's talk about like, dude. There's going to be some really good games this weekend. Um. Is it out of the question that Auburn beats Alabama? Yes. You sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Stupid stuff happens. I know. It's, they're a 22-point underdog in that, too, aren't they? A 22-point dog. I mean, I could see them covering it, but I, I think it's a little ambitious to see them winning that outright. Yeah, something disappointing for me. You know, no Commonwealth Cup this year. UVA season's done, and Virginia Tech's not looking for another opponent. So, you know, we we hate for the events that took place in uh, Charlottesville, of course, and, you know, that that's more important than a football game. So, yep. no Commonwealth Cup this year, which means it stays in Blacksburg um, for another 365, luckily. But 
in the circumstances, not, not, not worth it at all. And uh, Ohio State, Michigan, we didn't even talk that game that no. much, other than playoff implications. I really, you know, I haven't really been impressed with Ohio State this year. I, re- I really haven't. I think, I think Stroud missing Jackson Smith and the Jigba is kind of a big loss. I don't know. Is he even going to come back at all this year? I really haven't seen anything about that. I was talking to our friend Mike, who joined us for the ACC Big Ten locks, yeah, in total locks. He said that if he does come back this season, it'll probably be this week. So yeah, I mean, if they get him back, I think that's a big boost. But I, they've been average to me, honestly. Michigan really can't. Besides the one about Penn State, and honestly, I don't know how good Penn State is either because. The Big Ten is just bad besides Michigan and Ohio State and maybe Penn State, but I don't know. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I don't really know what the weather's going to be like, but I think Ohio State's going to win that. They're going to want revenge after last year as well. Yeah, it looks like it's calling for possible rain in 50, so not terribly cold, but could could be a little sloppy. That might actually favor Michigan, though. I mean, we saw what they did to Penn State, just ran it down their throat. Yep. Yeah, so I don't know how good Ohio State's defense is. I think it's definitely more improved than last year, but it depends if Quorum plays too. Um, because that him getting injured last week was a was a big thing. So if he plays, then I think I think it would be more competitive. Yeah. Um another bolt take for me. I think Oregon State wins at home against Oregon. So yeah, give me a give lot me of people are picking that one. I think it's definitely an interesting game. I see bad Bo Nix happening. He's started out terrible against Georgia. He's played pretty damn well since then. And yes, he's he end on a bad note on the road. Yeah, I, dude, I love taking the fees right here, plus three. Not yeah. locking up because Oregon, like top to bottom, I think it's fair to say that they do have a better team than Oregon State. Sure. Yeah. Like that consensus. But when it just comes to this spot, mm, bad Bo Nix. Yeah. We really haven't had that Bowman Nix, though, so it, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's bound to surface again. Yeah. Um, he's been pretty solid. What's your take? Do you think Duke can cover three and a half against Wake at home? I do. I, I think I think this is a Wake team that's kind of reeling the wrong way. I, I, I like what Duke's doing, you know. I think Duke's playing good ball, so I, I can see them winning that game. No yeah. doubt. I like Duke Moneyline here. Yeah, I, I do too. I I think it's I, – I like Duke this year. They're a solid football team. Mike Elko, coach of the year? I mean, I think he's in the ACC maybe, but, I mean, not not nationally, but – I think I, if he's not mentioned nationally, that's a snub. I, think, I mean, I do too, I but I, I just don't think he will be. I think definitely ACC, though, you would definitely have him as coach of the – coach of the year in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's a, there's actually gonna be a lot of really good football this weekend. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, before the tailgate and after the tailgate closing down the night slate, let's move on to the power parlay. Let's all throw something in the hat. Um, the last time it was just you, me, and Alano Coastal Barbecue. It hit. That was week eight. Um, that was Wake laying twenty and a hook. Tech Tech laying seven. I believe that was against West Virginia. Probably. And, and Syracuse was. Um, they covered fourteen. I think they got it done that week. I don't remember who they played, but yeah, I think that those odds were plus six hundred as well. So um, l- let's give a repeat. So Clemson laying fourteen and a hook. 
that's in the pot for now on Coastal Barbecue, and I'm scouring my card right now. I want Oklahoma State eight and a half. <laughs> oh, all reliable. Yeah. <laughs> She's been good to me, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna play Maryland. I'm gonna play Maryland in 14. Uh, I think I think they destroy Rutgers. I, I think that's I think we can win that one. I yeah, think, I think this one could hit. I do too. I like the way that looks. Um, my backup pick probably would have been the Tulane Cincy over just because it's so low. And yeah, uh, t- teams score in college football, or even like average teams like score a healthy amount of points. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on before we got on up out of here? Um, next week, once win totals lock, we can recap that. Um, I would assume our longtime friend of the program, Chase Severino, is going to come on for conference championship week. So, uh, listeners, get, get your, ready to fade, people. Yep, get your fade hat out and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and see what Chase has next week. We'll, we'll come back to those. There's a, a, a lot of dust that's already settled, but we'll, yeah. we'll get on up out of here if um, you're ready to close it down. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I think it's going to be good football this weekend. So I think there's some good under-the-radar games that are going to be really good. All right, let's hit the recap. Now I want to barbecue. Thank you for catering the seventh annual NC State versus Chapel Hill football game. The Pipe and High Pick of the Week is Clemson laying 14 and a hook against the Gamecocks. And Marcus, my card, Baylor, Texas over 55 and a half. Tulane, Cincy over 46 and a half. Florida State laying nine and a hook against the Gators. Maryland, 14 point favorite against the Scarlet Knights. And then Memphis, SMU under 69 and a half. I'm going to target that high number there. Rest card, Oklahoma State laying eight and a hook against West Virginia. Bye-bye, Neil Brown. Your era is done. TCU laying 10. LSU also laying 10. And then Vandy with the whopping plus 14 at home. Or is it at home? This is in the state of Tennessee against the Volunteers. Going to see if Vandy can maybe backdoor or get it done on the field. Dumb stuff happens in college football. I hope so. That really is true. That, that's going to be a fun one to watch. And then the power parlay, uh, Maryland laying 14, Oklahoma State laying eight and a half, and then Clemson laying 14 and a hook. I really like a lot of plays on this board. I love the power parlay. If there's, if we're going to end it on a good note here in week 13, yeah, I think we that's, need that's, to. A good, that's a good set of games to do it with. We got to have a good week because the last couple of weeks have not been good. So here's to, here's to hoping for a good week. All right, and again, uh, I am down five games on the season, 47-52. Brett is down seven games on the season, 29-36, and 36, and we're going to see that. We're going to see that um, get a little bit so. this week. I really do. All right, man, well, enjoy your holiday. I know we'll yeah, chat in the, in the group sometime, but, you know, safe travels to wherever you're going and just enjoy a lot of football. Appreciate it. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, likewise, man. I'll talk to you. All right, I'll see you. Bye.